This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply, see mcdonalds.com. Okay, happy Easter, everybody. Welcome to Forever Bristol City podcast. The final score this afternoon up in Staffordshire. It finished Stoke City 1, Bristol City 2. Certainly a result that about 20 past three, I was thinking, uh-uh, it's not looking good this afternoon. But we got the three points and uh, that top half finish still remains a possibility. It would be nice to finish uh, the season with with progress and that would be real measurable progress. So joining me... Uh, this afternoon, this evening, this morning, depends what time you're listening, our <laughs> regulars, Mark and uh, Ian. Um, I'll start with you, uh, Ian. Uh, t- 20 past three, looking at the first 20 minutes of that game, a win looked, well, yeah, didn't look on at all, did it? Your, your quick resume of the, the game, though. Totally agree with, with what Nigel Pearson said. Um, the first 20 minutes, in fact, most of the first half, we were really poor, but we still had two great chances. What Naki Wells was doing that one, I've got no idea that he blutered wide. Um, and uh, Andy Voiman, instead of putting his head through the ball, hit, let it hit him on the shoulder. Yeah. Um, so we, we could have could and should have gone in 2-1 up at half time. We didn't play at all well. Uh, the first 20 minutes, we just kept giving the ball away. And mm. it, it just wants, wants you to put your foot, foot through the TV. Yeah. Um, but as the game wore on, we got better. It was an excellent second half. So let's call it that a five stroke, six out of 10 first half. And I think you'd have to say a nine out of 10. No, I'd agree with that. Sec- second half, because okay. we, kept the, we kept the ball better. And it makes you realise how bad we were in the first half, because all in all, we still only had 39% possession. Is that right? That's what the overall game stats were. Because I know after 15 minutes, it was 72-28. And I'm sure it may have been worse than that in some points. Mark, your uh, 
30-second uh, summary of, uh, of of the action this afternoon. It is a Britannia stadium, isn't it? They call or was it the Bet365? Bet365. So many different names. Yeah, that's why I said Staffordshire, which covered all bases then, really, didn't it? But uh, your thoughts on the game today? Yeah, I mean, it was a real, ga- a real game of two halves. I know it sounds pretty corny, but it was. I mean, from the first 20 minutes, Stoke were camped in our half and we just kept giving the ball away. We didn't have a midfield. We were very sloppy in, in possession, trying to play trying to play long, long passes to players that weren't there and then it would just bounce off them straight to a, straight to a Stoke player. But we, we felt our way back into the game only to concede a goal uh, you know, a, a few five minutes before half time, and then the second half we just played for we played about five yards further up the pitch, used the pace down down the flanks, uh, and just kept and just kept running uh, and creating chances. We did we didn't look like we were going to score. Uh, you know, we'd overrun the ball, and some of our final passes passes were poor. Mm. And then we we suddenly conjured a goal out of nothing, and and then won it with a, a brilliant piece of piece of attacking play, and and defended really well at the end of it. I thought Jason Silva was superb, great positioning in defence, uh, bringing the ball inside, carrying the ball forward, tackling, probably his best game in a city shirt, really. Uh, I think, yeah, uh, which makes any by... contract any contract because he's out of contract in the summer, and you know it's. I mean, Cam has made that position his own, but uh, as you say, Jay and others, other people, well, sorry, lots of people have been saying Jay had uh, a very good game. I mean, okay, let's let's look at the the squad today, Ian. Clearly, it's down to the bare bones, but saying that, you look at the bench. You know, Wilson, Cornick, King, Mametti. Most of those players would be first picks in any side in the bottom half of the division. Would you agree with me in that respect? No, I think you're completely wrong. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't think they would because Cornick is, looks to me a yard short of strength and fitness from where he should be. I think there's a footballer in his head, um, and I have seen Cornick play better than that for Luton, uh, but... I, I, I'm just not seeing it at the moment. And if, if we're going to play him against Burn, I think he will, because I think you'll find it, Tommy and Sam Bell are on the bench. So all we can do really is bring in Cornick, unless you brought in Wilson in an advanced position, as, as we spoke about on the pod last week. Yeah. Um, is if you're going to play Cornick, play him in, where Vyman played today and play Vyman where Conway played, where Vyman should play all the time and where he set the second goal up from playing 10 because mm. that's that's his position I'd like to see the second goal uh, the, the disallowed goal back that Byman um, what the hell's that oh that's just me that Byman um, that Byman had disallowed because it looked to me like he ran late and between the two Stoke defenders but I you know obviously you can't see from any angle there's no angle on the TV that tell you so, uh, and before I forget to mention it, absolutely God bless and fair play to the 1,100 people that went up there on a Friday bank holiday. I, I'd like to give them all a big round of applause. And I think they're, that's an absolutely outstanding effort for a side where we are in the league. I'd understand it more if we were going for the playoffs, but blimey. No, it was. That, 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 was. Is, that, was, that, that supports something else. I got to say it. 
Yeah, almost as good as uh, Bristol Rovers away support, as they try and keep reminding us. But uh, I shouldn't swear. Um, Mark, you look at the the lineup, and it does sort of pick its uh, it does sort of pick itself. Looking at the the home team, they were on a bit of a roll in their last couple of away games or the last five games. They've beaten Sunderland five one, Coventry away. I think last time out four nil. Um, they've got a mix of youth, experience, and narkiness in there. I mean, Jackie Elk is forty one in August. Uh, I think they dragged him off, saved him pain because he was being run ragged in the closing stages of the game. Uh, they've operated well in the loan market, and then they've got um, you know that nasty, horrible little player that we could possibly do with somebody like him in the middle, Ben Pearson. But uh, our lineup and uh, their, their team, you know, we, you know, we'd, we'd won on our previous four occasions there, and unbelievably, we did it again today. Yeah, I mean, look at the players they brought in. They got Dijon Sterling from uh, from Chelsea, Hover from Wolves, Pearson from uh, uh, from Bournemouth, Will Smallbone from from Southampton. They've also got Twen Zebi, Man United centre back. Yeah. Uh, it wasn't even in in the squad, so they've really pushed the boat out for a team. Really, that looked like they were going down. I think before they beat us. Uh, on the seventeenth, on the seventeenth yeah. of December, they I were, think they won only one of their first twelve. I heard. Yeah, uh, yeah, and they, totally they I mean, they yeah. they won three of their last five, all against teams uh, in the top half, and they've also they also got a draw at, at, at Middlesbrough as well. I mean, they looked they looked terrific, uh, very strong. They were missing Dwight Gale today, but they they looked aside. You know that that was a you know a home banker on paper, considering the form that they were in. And they look confident um, in the in the first in the first half. Fizzed the ball around, you know, really confidently. Um, got behind us a few times. Had some chances. Max had to make a few had to make a few good saves. I think they were smart saves, Mark, weren't they? They weren't spectacular. Um, no, no. I mean, come, I mean, I suppose you've got saves that you'd expect to keep a, a, mm. a, a, a decent keeper keeper to make. Um, but you know they 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 were passing the ball around well. The movement was good. Uh, their goal, you know, we we switched we switched off, and we'll probably we'll probably come to that. You know that the long well, ball yeah, that we'll come to that in a minute. It was in it was in you know it was in the net in in, in two in two yeah. passes. But for us to hang in there, and we lost two players in the first half. Yeah, we got five. We've had we got five out injured. We got Sykes, you know, through his own stupidity, was was on the, uh, the second of, of a, yeah. Well, yeah. Was, yeah, the second of, of a four match ban, and we got we got we got no player, we got no no players. We couldn't go out and spend any money in January because we didn't have any we didn't have any money. You know, we'll, we'll probably see the benefits <clears> of selling Alex Scott, but hopefully, I mean, does anybody know if Scott and, and Naismith will be available for Monday? I don't know. Do you know anything on that, Ian? Has anything been no. said or or, or no. not? Scott and Naismith won't be available at, at the earliest. They'll be available for the next game after Middlesbrough, which is Saturday Watford. at Watford. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's get so into that's the gonna, action. That's gonna, well, we're going we're, we're gonna to be a bit threadbare again, but we're just going to have to have to you know go with open a lot of commitment like we did today yeah. and uh, hope it gets us a result. Well, Borough playing uh, Burnley. Now, we're recording this as that game's going on, but I think Burnley can actually uh, finish well, promotion. Today. It kicks, kicks off, off eight. at eight, does it? All yeah. right, well, yeah, it's a Sunderland Hull game. <laughs> when you're listening like. to this, that result will be a foregone conclusion. Ian, it'd be true to say the opening 20 minutes, we were, I thought we were battered really, and Sykes uh, described it as a difficult opening uh, 14 minutes. Then we lost uh, Omar Taylor Clark, who 
uh, he, he looks in midfield a little bit like Sam Bell did in his early days, you know, like almost like a little boy lost. And was it, did you see it as a blessing in disguise, Ian, when uh, he went off and King came on? Because we did seem to grow into the game after that point, didn't we? Yeah, I thought Omar didn't have a great game last week against Reading, and I was surprised that he started today. I thought he might have gone on the bench and we'd started with Kingy. But Andy King definitely made a difference uh, when he came on. I mean, one thing about that I've noticed about Stokes' improvement in results is a lot of the better results have come away from home. Mm. And I think they're a bit like us in the sense that they prefer counter-attacking to having the majority of possession. Um, so that may have helped us. Uh, Nigel Pearson was very complimentary about the pitch and said it was a, it was a nice slick pitch. So that helped us. But no, I, I think overall, um, that as I said, the second half was excellent performance. The first 20 minutes, our distribution was... was well, it was unforced it, errors, wasn't it, Ian? Yeah, that well, was the thing. We just it, kept giving the ball away. Yeah, I wouldn't call it Parks even because that's insulting to a Parks team. Yeah. But, yeah, we, we just kept going long ball and we know that whenever we go long ball, we're useless because we've got no physicality up mm. front. So unless it's an absolutely brilliant ping and it goes in between uh, two defenders on the ground, then it's not really the ball for our forwards. Uh, mm. But eventually we got hold of it. We created those two chances and then Stoke got their goal a bit against the run of play. But yeah. the, 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 their goal, from our perspective, was an absolute catalogue of errors. All right. Yeah, well, we come on to that in a second. Uh, Mark, in the first half, when they were enjoying that good uh, spell, um, we did have one, uh, well, we started to get back into the game and uh, Bell went on a run and uh, was, well, Pearson fouled him, took him right out. It should have been a yellow card from Oliver Langford. He didn't seem to be giving us much at all, did he? No, he was played, I think um, Viner played him down down, down the... Uh... Down the left channel, and he burst. I think he burst forward, and Pearson just fed on him, made it look as though it was a, it was a coming together. The referee was right there. It was a it was a professional foul, and he should mm. have got a yellow card all day. I mean, what? I what think he it? let one go a couple of minutes after that Langford, didn't he? Where it looked like we committed the foul, and yeah, uh, I think even... Vine, yeah, actually, I think that was the Viner one. Viner burst uh, played played Bell in, and I think he wasted he wasted the ball. He did it's uh, the one where he pulled it back across the... goal and yeah. almost set them up for an attack because we had men committed forward. And Ian had said about you know giving the ball away and stuff like that between the two chances that we uh, we had. Jay De Silva, he showed a lot of skill uh, and went on a long run, but just spoiled it with poor distribution, didn't he? It was a dreadful pass at the end of that when. You'd expect him to do better. Yeah, I mean, Jay was our best player, very assured on the ball. But I mean, we we did a little of that, and it carried on to the second half. We got into great areas in the final third again, and either overran the ball or we 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 you know we didn't we didn't play a decent pass or a crossing. There was lots mm. of energy there, but again, the execution, and it's been like this for weeks now. Has been has been very poor. Poor. Four in the final third. Mm-hmm. Ian, you, you alluded to a couple of chances that we had. I mean, Naki Wells on 25 minutes. You'd expect an on-form Naki Wells to put that away nine times out of ten, wouldn't you, really? From Tanner's yeah, good ball. Yeah, you would, because I don't think the keeper rushed him or made it particularly difficult. But he I don't know, and I don't know why he felt he needed to go go with it with his left foot. I would have thought he could have driven it hard and low between the keeper's legs. Or, or at least, 
look, if he gets it on target and the keeper saves it, well done the keeper. But to yeah. blooter it wide in the net with his left foot when he had all that time in, probably had a little bit too much time in space. But yeah, you, you would expect Naki to score because if you want somebody through one-on-one, you well, you probably want him around or an informed Andy Vyman, wouldn't you? You would. That's a new word. I've you've been using that one a lot. He's been using bluter. Bluter. I can't think of the bluter. I can't think of the bluto. Yeah, uh, it's a Glaswegian word. Is it? Yeah. It's like, do you remember we were reading that old match report somewhere that a, a half in football was called a mate or something like that? No. Mate. Can't yeah, we did that. that right at the start of the season. And then, Ian, you said about Vyman's sort of sh- whole shoulder header and what have you. But look, let's talk about the, the goal. The, 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 the pat, the, just going back to the 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 uh, the, the, the uh, Wells chance, the pass from from uh, from Tanner was superb. It was, I mean, no, it, went, it was went over good. the head of one defender and round the other. So, yeah. Yeah, that was that no, was. Well. I mean, he did. He, he he had another one later for the you know for the Vyman uh, offside goal. That was a great cross as well. So yeah, I felt sorry for him today because that yeah. deserved to be put away. And yeah, uh, yeah, we will we'll wait for the net, the bulge, and nothing happened. Ian, you you said that their goal, and I totally agree with you there. Uh, on thirty six minutes, it was against the runner play, but it was like their penalty area. One pass onto Campbell. Um, would you expect us to have defended that better? Yeah, we, we well, when I said a catalogue of errors, error number one, we didn't put any pressure on the guy with the ball. And we did that consistently in the second half. The second error was George Tanner didn't get close enough and Andy Bonman didn't get deep enough to track. And he would, Andy Bonman didn't get, he was waving his arms around. I mean, I, I said it half time. He, he was, Bonman was waving his hands about like a, a demented traffic policeman. Um, but he didn't get, Get, he didn't, He couldn't get back. So it's just a bog-standard diagonal ball. The same ball they've been playing all day, mind you. Mm. It wasn't like they did 20 different things and opened us up down, down their right flank as well. It was just the left. And they concentrated on doing that. George couldn't get close enough. The lads did it first time into the middle. And there's a uh, the uh, – what's his name? The ex-Man United lad. Powell. Powell is standing unmarked, eight yards out from goal between Zach Viner and Cam Prim. And mm. Cam didn't get round on the cover. So to be honest, from a defensive perspective, it's the sort of thing you show players and go, let's not do that again, lads. And, and you, you boys in midfield or strikers, could you could just get in front of him and stop him doing that? Because he had so much time on the ball. It was unbelievable. So in the second half, we pushed up a lot more. And we, we managed to dominate possession more, but we also stopped him having so much time on the ball in playing out. It doesn't matter if, if Jagielka was 40 or if he's 70. If you give him that much time, he's, he's, he's going to be, be okay. What he doesn't want is youngsters running in behind him. And when we did that, we looked a football team. Yeah, yeah. Mark, let me ask you about, about the goal. Um, you know, it was... You know, it just shows sort of like the direct approach sometime. But, um, you know, Zach was a little bit shaky in the first half, I thought, didn't you, on, on more than one occasion. And saying that, although they had all that possession, they didn't really test Max. I mean, after the goal, there was a cross by Brown where Campbell put in a header. That was a good save by Max. But for all that early dominance, they weren't zinging balls in, were they? But they went almost like route one and it, it paid dividends, didn't it, for that opener? Yeah, I mean it was a long ball from Vilmot, wasn't it? The uh, the uh, right centre back 
good crossfield pass, but there was just so much room behind. Mm. Uh, Tyrese Campbell hits the ball first time, which is a right, you know, right thing to right thing to do. He's got plenty of room on the in the left channel because the ball's behind Tanner, so he hits the ball, and the play, you know, the player Viner's there, but he's he's not in position, and there's nobody. Uh, Pring's not covering the run from from run from Nick Powell, so it's a it's a good finish. But I thought, you know, Pearson would have been pulling his air out because it's just two passes from a defensive position. Straight down, straight down one channel in the area. And, and, and there you go after defending pretty well for most of the first half where we, you know, we were very poor in possession. And, uh, but had those couple of chances. Yeah. It was uh, it was quite sloppy, really. We could have seen the first half out and we go in a goal behind. I know. And second half, though, as we've said, you know, City... Different team. Uh, I've seen the uh, Wyman goal. Well, I've looked at it a couple of times. I thought he was offside from Tanner's part, but uh, it passed. But uh, Ian, let's talk about the the, the equalising goal on seventy two minutes. Um, yeah, Zach Viner's first goal of the season. But tell us how you saw the goal. I thought Sam Bell did really well uh, to put in a, a very good cross with his right foot on the left. That's one one thing about having a right footer on the left. Um, he he put in an excellent cross, and and Zach did well to get once again. He pulled away uh, between two defenders, got the header. It was a looping effort, but an absolutely tremendous finish. I mean, Bob Taylor would have been proud of that one. What the header? Yeah, yeah. I would he? <laughs> I didn't yeah, see he was. Oh yeah, so, I've just, I've just, yeah, I've just been on the phone to him. He was very proud of it. He said, "Tell I was, me." I was look. I, I thought it was a great. I thought it was a great. <laughs> no, it was header. a great header. Really, because no, no, you know, for a minute, because yeah. the, the, with the with the sun on the pitch and our yellow shirts, we, I mean, if you looked like we were blending into the pitch, it was very difficult to pick the players out. It's, it's sometimes because it was so bright. That's but, right, uh, because the way that James position, yeah, that's the sun coming in from the west side, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It James there. played. James had a free kick about five yards inside their half. He played it to Vyman, who played it back to him, and he crosses the ball to the left of the penalty area. The defender heads it. And uh, it's behind Bell and it enables him to, to whip it back because he's mm. got his back to goal. So he whips it back with his right foot and Viner out jumps the 76 year old, uh, you know, Phil Jagielka. You know, he gets there, he gets there, you know, about he gets there about a minute before Jagielka and out jumps the keeper and out jumps him and heads the ball into the net. It was a cracking finish for a player. You know, you, you you wouldn't expect to score. First goal, I can't remember the last time Zach Viner scored. Any, you know, any guesses? I can't remember. No, we're factually inept uh, today, uh, listeners. But there we go. Uh, Ian, not factually the... inept. Yeah, it's his first goal of the season. No, factually yeah, inept. That's ever. What I mean. When was the last time he scored? When was the last time he scored? And we know it was the first goal of the season. But when was the last time he scored? There we go. Like maybe, that. maybe somebody can enlighten us with. Uh, yeah, it was, well, it was one of those. You're looking for rocking or shit when Zach Viner scores. You know, it's, this it, is it's true. That rare, wasn't true. it? Anyway, it was a cracking 12, finish. Twelve minutes later. Um, we're two one up. Um, by that time, uh, who was it? Mimetti had come on for uh, Sam Bell, but that was a that was a well worked goal, Ian, wasn't it? What proved to be the winner? Take us through that one. Andy Vyman gets the ball in a number ten position, um, got his back to goal, lovely feint and turn, passed the ball through the defender's legs to Naki Wells, who'd made an intelligent run. Great early cross from Naki Wells, and it's Mimetti is left with a. You call it a tapping, but I've seen him go over the bar as well. Yeah. But he didn't with his left foot, so he stuck the he stuck the ball in the net there. And I think it it was 
it was very deserved. And unlike City of previous years, not in Stoke, I'll admit, but we didn't go and camp in our penalty area and we were able to see out the last five, ten minutes, including added time. Yeah, five uh, minutes of time con- added. Yeah, no, you're right, Ian. You're without right. conceding, because how, how many late goals did we concede last season, the season before that? So that's another big plus for me from the second half. On the referee... He didn't give much. There was only 17 free kicks and he only gave six against City in mm. the whole game. So I think he, they are trying to let the game flow. OK, sometimes it goes pear-shaped for them when they try and do that. Uh, but I thought we did really well. And I, I found those stats on Cal Naismith, if you'd like to hear it. Yeah, go on, tell us now. Tell us now. OK, well, this is it's, it's, the guy's actually a Tottenham fan. And he's called David Hares. Um, when Naismith is in the side, City have scored two or more goals in 54% of their matches, 13 games in total. They've scored one or zero in 46% of games. Uh, he has played in 11 matches, right? So when Naismith is out of the side, the difference is considerable. Pearson's sides have scored two or more goals in 14% of matches, three games, and one or no goals in 86% of matches. Now, that is the absolute um, highlight uh, of, I'm trying to find the right word, but if you wanted to know how you look at a player and say, is he a key player? Does he affect the game, should we say? Yeah, to use Gareth's phrase. Does he affect the game? Well, by God, does he affect the game? And in that deeper midfield position, you'll get so much more out of all of our forwards before he does anything defensively. Yeah. So that's a, that's why you miss him. And that's why you, you, you miss having Atko behind him to win the ball and give it to him. So, yeah. you know, it, it's it, next season... I've been talking about this on Twitter and with two or three people that wrote me up. Next season is the it's a really important summer, and we've got to we we've got to get the squad selection right. And I was really interested in the fact that Stoke have done well with all those lads on loan. So it, you know we need more players. We need the quality, and if they're it doesn't matter if they're permanent or on loans. It's the quality of the player that makes a difference. If we could, you imagine if we could bring in somebody like Tammy Abraham. What a difference that would make oh, to the crikey, team. yeah, yeah. But you look at you look at that. Uh, you 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 say about Lone Stoke have done well. I'm looking at the league table as we speak, and you know if you look at Luton and Millwall. Now I don't know how they've played the loan market, but you know they're both up there. You know Luton, well, like not not now. The other day I looked and I thought maybe they got a chance of auto, but they're now eight points behind Sheffield United. But mm-hmm. Luton. And Millwall are up there with limited resources, and I don't think they've sort of gone massive on loans, have they? Mark, have they gone? Have they gone big on loans? Who's Either that? of those two sides? Not not Luton, as far as I'm aware. And who was the other team? Millwall. Um, I'm not sure if they have, if they have either. They might have they might yeah. have a, one one or more loans. I mean, I, was, I know I know that Stoke had had quite a few loans, and all of the teams in the Championship have got loan players. I think we're the only the only team that yeah. don't. Um, and then that was a conscious decision. 
Um, Nigel Pearson. Oh, we, did try to get, we did try to get some in January, but they couldn't get the deals across. Yeah, them. we tried to get. We, yeah, we we tried to get um, uh, uh, O'Brien and uh, Jack. Uh, I've, yeah. I've forgotten his surname. Curry from, from Jack Curry. Uh, Jack Curry from Wimbledon and, and uh, Jake O'Brien from Palace, who was on loan uh, at a club in in Belgium, wasn't he? But. Uh, we couldn't get over those over the line for one another. But I mean, from the start of the se- from the start well, Jack, of the season, Jack Curry was a permanent deal. We wanted to sign him permanently, um, and we probably will in the summer. O'Brien, Palace wanted too much money for the loan, so they probably wanted us to pay some sort of compensation to the Belgian club. So that's why. Yeah, that- I think that, yeah, they wanted they wanted us to pay a bigger proportion of the of his wages, didn't they? Than, than, yeah. than we, we were prepared to pay, but. I mean, you look at today. Considering all the players that that we had out, how we won that game is was incredible. Well, we did. You know, missing Williams, we did. Callas, Atkinson, Scott, Naismith, yeah. Sykes out. Conway, Conway injured. We're having to play a nineteen-year-old with with no, with no, no, you know, with only with only two matches, two matches behind him, and a, and a couple of substitute appearances, and we go and beat a team who were in great great form. It, it, it speaks volumes, but yeah. Um, I All think right. that puts I think that puts any 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 minor worries about relegation to bed. Oh, I I I think you're right there, definitely. Um, although saying that, you know, it's good wins today for uh, Huddersfield, Cardiff, and Rotherham, wasn't it? Yeah, and, and, G- yeah, and uh, GPR and, and tw- looked to be the QPR, side. I'm looking at the it's league just table. Incredible. I mean, look at their, have you seen their goal difference? Minus twenty four. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, know, they're uh, one point. They're one point ahead of. They're one point ahead of Reading. Yeah, yeah I got, mean, I think uh, Blackpool and Wigan are gone. Would you agree with that now, Ian? Blackpool, Wigan, gone? Yeah, I think so. I think if Wigan weren't gone before the points deduction did them in, uh, then I think it's a, a toss-up between Reading and QPR. That'll be interesting. And QPR is our last game of the season. I mean, we could go there and they may have to beat us to stay up or, you know, and looked at another way. If we beat them, they go down. So, And you wouldn't have thought that when they beat us at the start of the season because they looked a cracking side. Well, they were. Yeah, I, I mean, they, they they've gone. What have they won? About one game in two games in seventeen. I mean, it's just an incredible drop, mm. drop, isn't it? And they, uh, I mean, I think losing Michael Beale to um, Rangers really affected them. And they brought in Neil Critchley. He had a terrible time, and now they've gone for another. They've gone for ex-player in Gareth Ainsworth. Gareth it seems Ainsworth, to be. Exactly... It seems to be the poison chalice because they're just in awful form. They're in free can't, fall. Can't get can't get a win. Um, Huddersfield under Neil Warnock. I mean, they beat they beat uh, Middlesbrough four two on Saturday, and then to beat Watford away three yeah. two, two incredible results. And um, we're only three points behind Watford, you know, with their parachute payments. We're three points behind them in the league. It's just crazy, isn't it? Well, we're only Absolutely four points crazy. behind West Brom as well. You know the way you look. Oh at yeah, it like yeah. That. But uh, look, you mentioned Middlesbrough there, Ian. Middlesbrough on Monday on Sky five thirty uh, kickoff. I mean, they lost as Mark just said, lost to. Um, Huddersfield, they could <clears throat> get beaten at uh, Turf Moor in the late game on uh, Saturday. They'll, it, it should be a good game on Monday, really, particularly as we won today. It's instilled confidence. But, you know, Carrick's done a good job there. But they'll be they'll be needing a win, won't they? There's still five points and they've got a game in hand over Millwall in uh, fifth. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to the game against uh, Borough, aren't you? Yeah, I am. And Middlesbrough are playing at home tonight, this evening, eight o'clock against Burnley. Um, is it? Is it at? Um, is it at? Um, the Riverside. It? Is it Riverside? Riverside. Is it there? Yeah. Is it? Right. I sorry. I thought it was up at up at Turf Moor. No, no. It, it's and uh, so they'll have 
as much as much rest as, as we have, and, and that's what you call not much rest. So, look, it, it's the players now, particularly with the 52 points, it's a great psychological barrier when you're down that bottom end to get past the 52 points and start looking down on a, a few clubs. So uh, I think that is pretty much banished uh, all fears of relegation. I mean, we're mm. effectively 11 points clear of the drop um, but because of our goal difference. So if, yeah. if, if you look down, down at the bottom, you've got Reading, who obviously have had six points deducted as well. Uh, you've got, they've got 41 points. So we're 11 points clear. We're effectively 12 points clear. Because of the goal difference, yeah. Because of the goal difference. So, and their, their goal difference is minus 18. And our goal difference is zero. No, it's not so, going to happen. No. So, well, you, you'd be amazed if it did, wouldn't you? Let's yeah. be honest. So, um, but it's, it's just a matter now, right, you can now play with the freedom, keep winning. We don't need to take any risks on bringing players back too early. Um, but we still want to see what people like uh, Callas would do, particularly as Zach, as Zach Viner hasn't signed a new contract. Now, we've still got him for next year, so we've taken up his option. Yeah. But he, I think he might wait until the summer to see what we do about strengthening the team and work out mm. whether he's going to be a first choice uh, or, you know, if we bring in a couple of three centre-halves, if Callas goes, then... You, you you know, is he going to start looking at it and think, hmm, am, I, am I going to be... Well, he's I got to back his own play? ability, though, Ian, hasn't he? Because based on current yeah. form, he's earned he's earned his place on merit, yeah? And, well, you know, the, other so- thing, the other thing's money, Dave. You know, if, if he's playing that well, other clubs will notice. And somebody might, because don't forget, as of next January, he'll be able to um, agree a contract with another club. So and and he'll leave for nothing. So I, 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 he's a player we'd like to keep. I mean, he's, he's he can play right back. He can play that centre back in a four, where I think he's far better in a four than a three for some reason. Yeah. Um, and uh, he can also do a holding job in midfield out of push. Mm. So I think he's he's a. I'd like to see him stay, but obviously it's professional football. And if we don't know. Off, we don't know. Double his money somewhere else, then he might go. He might, Mark. Um. You had two defenders on the bench that I, I know very little about. Again, showing my lack of knowledge. Uh, youngsters, Callum Wood and Harry Leeson. Is that right? I think I've got the names right. Or surnames yeah. right, definitely. Yeah, I see Duncan Idahan, captain the under-21s, and I think somebody who saw them play this week said he played well. Is there some sort of psychological thing going on with Idahan? Because, you know, if he's out of it, you don't name him as captain, do you, of what is a very successful under-21 side? I mean, what's your take on it, Mark? And I'll ask you the same question, Ian, but you first, Mark. I, I don't know. I mean, all I can think is that Nigel doesn't think he's he's ready, you know, to go into the first-team squad. And, and 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 previously, we played Andy King for a, f- uh, a few games back there, a player who's never, never played. I don't think he'd ever played in, played in that position before. Uh, he was, uh, but he is was he behind Callum? Is he behind Callum Wood and Harry? Oh, I mean, then? yeah. Well, I mean, based on based on that statistic, that he's not getting in the squad 
Yes. And he, Why he, do you appoint a player that's I behind t- those two as captain? It just seems Because bizarre. he think you know, because he's good enough to play under 20, 23 football. You know, it's a completely different different standard standard. It's it's you know, it's it's good, not gonna be the same level of competitiveness that you can play overage players. Um but that's that's up to Nigel Pearson. Mm. I mean, we, at the moment we we're going to be we're struggling to get bodies on the bench. And then you look at you know look at Omar Taylor Clark. I mean, been banging on about this, but he's only ever played on loan for Yate Town in 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 mm. level level seven or no, eight. He, he did. Uh, I the, thought he looked at it. Ian said he didn't play well. He the did, other but day. I mean, he, yeah, and, and, we're ask we're asking a hell of a lot of a yeah. player that that, that, that that you know has has had very. Little. And what's happened to Dylan Kaji? Because he was getting. He's uh, a, well, he's well. It'd be very difficult. Is he's on he's loan on, at Swindon? He's gone up there. <laughs> One thing we haven't mentioned is yeah. defensively we're we're much improved. I mean we conceded seventy seven goals last season and we we've only conceded forty eight. And if you I mean if we only concede another ten, say in our last uh, That's a massive in, in our last six games, it's a huge improvement. Yeah. I mean, we have, no. we, we might struggle to get the sixty-two goals we got last season, but we've, you know, we made what are we a on difference now? at what are the we on now, Mark? Uh, Forty-eight, so it's 48, right, yeah. 40, 48. So yeah, we're going to get mid-fifties. Well, what you did, yeah, goals. what you'd expect, what you'd expect for a, a mid-table team. I mean, you need to get, you need to mm. get seven, you need to get in the seventies goal-wise to, to to have an effect at the uh, at the at the other end of the at the other end it, of the table. But got, that's good. Ian, yeah, Ian, have you got a view on Idahoan? Because it it doesn't. Add up to me, it just sort of seems odd. Well, Wood is a six foot two left sided centre back who can also play left back. So, and Idaho is pretty much the same. So, you'd think there isn't that much between them. The only thing with Harry Leeson is he's only 17. Mm. Um, so, um, and Wood's 20. Mm. So, you know, I, I would, I've seen both of them play. Uh, for the under twenty ones, and and as Mark said, it is difficult. It's a different, it's a different pace, uh, class of football. There are still a few tackles going in mind, um, but I quite like both of them as, as players. So I wouldn't have any objection to seeing um, any of them. But I, th- I think with uh, with the side, um, I, I can't see them forcing their way into the team unless we get even more injuries. Mm. Because hopefully for the game. After the Borough game, so uh, Watford away Saturday week, um, you'd have Scott, Naismith, and even possibly Callas back. Yeah, Callas was in that. I think you saw Callas or commented to me or on Twitter or something. You'd seen Callas in the uncut video that was on the. Yeah, I didn't see him playing. Didn't see him playing any ball games. He was Mm. was doing a lot of running and dodging round poles and stuff like that. And he looked big smile on his face. He looked happy and all the rest of it. So yeah. he didn't look too far away. Um, and neither did Cal Naismith. Yeah. But, I think uh, he, he, didn't, I, he didn't travel today. I think players coming back in between now and the end of the season, what is it? The final six games now, isn't it? Yeah, is that right? Yeah, yeah. final six. Well, you look you know, at Cal want... Naismith, he'd have missed 13 games, wouldn't he? That's, yeah. that's his 12th game out. Yeah, we won. 13 games Monday. We want, we want, is that in total or this second run out of the team? That's the second run. He's only, played, he's only played 20 games this season. Bloody hell. Yeah. We want Alex Scott to come back in, A, because it'd be nice to see him, and B, you know, if he was out for the last two months with an injury, well, he is injured at the moment, but, you know, there's that little niggling doubt. And we want Scott to come back and put in, in the final six games, I'll say two stellar performances that would pump his value 
to where we all hope it would be. Would you agree with that, Mark? Would you take that view? Yeah, exactly. Um, we need some creativity. Although Matty James didn't play badly today, you know, with some mm. of his passes. But yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, you want, you know, this is his, these are his farewell games, as far as we're concerned, isn't it? I mean, you know, it'd be great if he's back for the last five, um, because his stats aren't that great this season. To be quite no. honest, I mean, he's only scored one league goal, one in a cup, and I think he want to he want to go out with a bang uh, to yeah. say goodbye. Yeah. To, I mean, and, and I think it. I, I don't know if we'll get 25 million for him. It's what we want. I think we might let him go for 20 plus add-ons. I think that's a more um, realistic number. Yeah, it's more I realistic. Do. But it, but we we need his creativity back in the team, and you know, hopefully he'll really go for it when he comes back in. But I'd love to see him play with Cal Naismith because we you saw what he could do in that West Brom game was the promise yeah. of something better that never materialised because yeah. then Cal went off against Preston, and yeah, that's where he is now. Yeah. Yeah, I it was one article I read in um, uh, well, whatever the Evening Post is called this days, Bristol Live, Ian, which gave me a little bit of concern. And it was Nigel talking about somebody, in fact, it was Richard Forrester saying Nigel's got money to spend for the first time. And I think he was corrected by more than one person because he has spent money. But he's got, excuse me, assuming Scott goes, he's going to have, <coughs> excuse me, a proper decent wedge of money, but then it was, but it might be difficult because, you know, accommodating players within the wage structure. I saw that old chestnut come out again. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not going to be in this frugality mode in the summer, are we? Because the money from Semenyo seems to have just been snaffled away. Yeah. I was reading somewhere, somebody put a post on OTIB that um, Stoke got very creative with their accounting to get through COVID, but we're not going to be disappointed in the summer because what we hope to be spent isn't going to be spent for, for whatever reason. And wages was a new one to me because, you know, other than parachute payment clubs, you know, we pay as good a wage as any team in the division, I would have thought, Ian. Well, we're, we're still in the, the top half of the table on wages. What they basically said is they've Pearson said he'd had a problem. He'd gone after a couple of players. I think they might have even been from abroad. Um, and we couldn't get them because other clubs paid them more. Now, that's the situation we're in. We know that we've got to reduce the wage bill because in the last accounts that came out, the wage bill on a turnover of, I think it was 31 million or something, the wage bill was 29. Hmm. Now, Steve Lansdowne, when I spoke to him, said to me, um, you know, we're looking at getting it something around, and I heard him say it to Jeff Twentyman as well when he interviewed somewhere between eighteen and twenty. So that's a big cut, and and this is why players like Callas and and De Silva, if they were going to stay, they'd have to take, I'm guessing, about half what they're on. So yeah. I, I can't see either of them doing that, to be honest. And I think they're both. Callas not so much because of all his injury problems, but I, I think he'd still get a better deal than half what he's on at City. But no, I, I think there, there's money there. We bought Mimetti. Uh, allegedly, that's a deal up to a million, and those are there's a few weasel words in there, so you don't know how much cash we've actually parted with. Um, we paid a fee for Cornick because he wasn't out of contract. That wouldn't have been much. But there, and we want, don't forget, we wanted to sign Jack Curry from Wimbledon. So <coughs> there was money there for him and, and the sort of numbers being quoted were somewhere between four and 600,000. Um, so 
look, I, I think we're, um, I think we've got money. Uh, the, there's still money there from Semenyo. That if Scott moves on, there there will be money. Pearson won't get all of it by a long way. Um, but I think uh, we're we won't get in the same situation we were with threats of financial fair play. No. The season season tickets seem to be going quite well. Uh, by the way, just to correct what I said, Harry Leeson is actually 19 and he's six foot one and he is a right back. Um, okay. So, you know, if you like, you're on the bench today, you had a, a right wing back, a right back and a guy who can play left back or left centre back. So I, I think that's pretty good defensive substitutes. And like I say, I, I really like to see Kane Wilson given a try on the right-hand side where Sykesy normally plays. I'd rather like to see Kane Wilson in front of George Tanner against yeah. Burr. I don't think Nigel yeah. Pearce would do it, but I'd really No, like well, that's what we, talk, we talked about last week. Mark, hearing Ian say about players and accommodating with wage structures, we pay decent wages. I was, I don't know, it came up on Twitter. Somebody Millwall picked up, I think he's a German, and, you know, he got X number of, I can't think of his name now, but it was just highlighted. And they, they've they been clever in the transfer market, and we should be able to pay better wages than bloody Millwall, Luton. You know, half a dozen clubs I can think of. Um, it shouldn't be a problem, wages, should it? Really? Well, I mean, obviously, we got ourselves in a in a in a big financial mess, haven't we? Really, by I think there was a pro- obviously the problem we we hadn't we hadn't sold anybody uh, of note um, probably since Josh Brownhill, and you know the the uh, the high wages of certain players were, were were draining the finances. That's the problem, and and Millwall have probably got it right. Obviously, Luton are, are playing peanuts, or um, or they wouldn't have been able to you know they would have been able to keep Cal Smith. And and Harry Cornick, uh, you know the likes of Barnsley were paying. I was told that you know they wouldn't pay their players any more than about five eight grand a week. Um, so you know we're far ahead of them in terms of, of wages. But I think the money from Semenyo is is paying down the debt. Yeah, and we we will really slash our wage wage bill. Uh, I don't think Calas will stay in the summer. Um, I think it'd be a question of fitness. Um, he probably I mean, he can get better, better money. Well, we got the lad to come back on. We got the lad to come back on loan from uh, um, Morsel, haven't we? Yeah, who's gaining Joe, Lowe. Uh, Joe, Joe, Joe Lowe. Joe yeah, Lowe. I mean, he's, well, done, he's done quite well, although, although that's in League got, Two, but that'll that'll stand him in good stead. Um, uh, on Wara Edwards uh, is up at Ross County as well. Who's, who's not playing playing too badly? I don't know whether yeah. he, he'll. Benarus will come back. Uh, Benarus, yeah. He'll, final I mean, quarter he looks, of the year. I, I'm real, really sorry for Eamon because he's a really energetic player. I think he would have done well. Yeah. Uh, isn't you know as as a you know in a, as an attacking midfield player who could have played. played he'll replace that. Scott. Yeah, he can play. He can play in that area. In play in mm. that area, and I think he would benefit. He'll benefit from a player of of Carl Naismith's uh, quality as well with his with, with his energy. I mean, look at the end of the day. At the end of the day, the last six games, and it's a tough running. We always said that. Oh yeah, uh, it's a tough running. But if we can end the last six games two two two, that would be eight points, and that would put us on sixty points, and that is an improvement on last season. You know, and, and two, two, two. I mean, I think we all said last week. You know, seven points. Well, we bagged 
you know, we got three of them where we least expected it today, didn't we? But uh, there we go. Ian, I have to laugh at this one. You might have seen it there. Mark Ashton was talking about net zero, his spend at Ipswich uh, Town. He's obviously trying to justify himself to the Arizona State Pension Fund. It would be net zero expenditure on transfers if you take account of the profit on next season's sales. That, that, that wouldn't stack up in normal business, would it? No. And and that, when somebody said Stoke did some very creative accountancy to get past financial fair play, I think we did a lot of it as well. Um, because if you look at what we've lost over the last two seasons, we we I, we've managed to convince them. I think about missing transfer revenue and mm. moving some stuff around. So I don't think we can really point any fingers. No. Uh, so well done, well done, Richard Gould on that because he did say that we were going to be okay and. Uh, I think we will be, or if we're not, there's a lot of other clubs that are going to be in a worse position well, than we are. Well, you've only got you've only got to look at Reading, and they now they dropped in, into the bottom three, and uh, uh, you know they got they you know they got to worry about about relegation. They're in a relegation fight with with QPR and uh, and and the teams and the teams down there. If you if you don't if you don't if you don't run your your business properly, that's it's tough, isn't it? It's well, we good. didn't we didn't run ours properly. Oh no, no! I'm just saying, but where obviously we got the points that are uh, are clear, but they, you know, they they were in the same boat last season as well, weren't they? Well, the yeah, problem obviously... with the problem with um, the financial fair play is that the EFL still haven't confirmed exactly what the rules will be and are. You mean where the line's drawn? Yeah. Now, yeah. just to um, well, the line's not drawn. That's the problem. You don't know. So, if you're what is it in terms of the debt? What could, what's the maximum debt that you can you can accumulate debt over three got, years? Is it still thirty nine million? Debt has got nothing to do with it. Do you understand the difference between profit and loss and debt? No. Right. If you if you if, if <laughs> go you, on, go on. Sorry, go on. If you've got a debt, you, we could have a billion pounds worth of debt. Right. It wouldn't make it wouldn't make any difference at all, and it doesn't matter what you spend on the stadium. And it doesn't matter what you spend on uh, the women's team or the or the academy, all right? But we're talking about annotised value of, of players on on paper as well. Uh, what we're talking about is how much you're you're allowed to lose in a trading year. Now, a lot of the clubs, as you quite rightly said, are now um, working with um, are, are now writing players' contracts off over a longer period of time. So eight that years, big, isn't it? Eight years yeah. in some well, cases. In some cases. Annotated, sorry, not annotated. God knows what that means. Yeah. Amortised. Uh, Amortised, uh, you mean. yeah. That's and right, yeah. the problem that you've got is, well, and that's fine, but you still need the money to back it up. So if yeah. your profit and loss account, like Cities did one year, said you've lost 38 million, and then the fo- at 38 million, you're a million inside the three-year limit in for one year. FF, FFP or profit and sustainability, yeah. whatever you want to call it. By the way, as a further update, uh, I got a uh, hold of a, a real expert on Twitter and asked him about those parachute payments and when they're paid. And I think I tweeted you about it, Dave. Uh, you, you get a, It's the same as the Premier League money. You get a lump of money in June and then the rest is paid incrementally over the months. So that yeah. thing about you don't get the money to the end of the season was was uh, duff gen, right? So um, just just and that's from somebody who who would like one thousand percent know, and I I believe totally, and he's done some good stuff on Bristol City before. Um, so look, it, I I hope we're not going to get hit, but when I I spoke to Steve 
he said, well, we, we don't think we are, but we don't know exactly what they're going to come back, come back at us with and come out with. But no, it's not just us. Nobody knows. No. But the Reading no. thing was because they didn't hit a financial target set last season yeah. where they were also docked, I think, was it six points six last, last season? season as well? Yeah. 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 So that's what Reading did wrong. They, they broke, if you like, the rule that was in place and the EFL said to them, right, yeah. you're under a transfer embargo. You can sell, but you can't buy. So they sold a lease to Palace, got eight million. But then they said, right, you need to hit these numbers. They didn't hit the number on the required date, which is why Reading have accepted the six six points cut. Yeah, and they're in a bit of doo-doo at the moment. All right, guys. And Ian, just correct me here on your, the business about debt and profit. I mean, if you know, you, you only get into debt in business if you're trading at a loss. And the reason why we're losing, we haven't got debt because Lansdowne pairs down the debt by issuing shares. That's why well, we still got, there's about hundred million pounds worth of debt, Dave. Still, yeah, it, yes, yeah, yeah. But the vast ninety odd percent of it is to Steve Lansdowne. But you've it's, got it's loans. Money. It's loans. He's a bit. He's a benevolent. He's a benevolent no, it's, owner. It's, That's it's, not, it's not. Lo- well, he turns loans into shares, yeah. and he's done that a few times now. Of yeah, what, what you're saying, Ian, it still stands at hundred million anyway. Yeah, so it just yeah, shows. How it's, much he's put in overall? Yeah, I think the last set of accounts. Look, last set of accounts. I'm saying about 100 million. It could be 92 or something, or 89. Yeah. But right. it's a hell of a lot of money, and I haven't got a concern about the debt. Providing Steve Lansdowne don't wake up one morning uh, and say, "I want my money uh, back." I want my money back, and he knows that the club couldn't pay him his money back, even if they sold all the players. Now, the other thing is, he owned well. Pula Sport that he owns, or the Lansdowne family own, um, own the ground. Mm. So City haven't got got the assets to to pay him back. Now somebody said on here, hundred million, and where are we? Well, it's actually about two hundred and thirty million that he's put into the club. And yeah, no, that's that's easy. If you look at you're talking infrastructure and funding losses, but there we go. That's a yeah. long talk for another day, which we're going to have plenty of other days in a few weeks' time when the summer comes. But yeah. there we go. Anyway, uh, everybody who's listened this evening, today, now while we're doing it, sun's going down over Clevedon. I can see it in the distance. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. As always, good to have the banter that we do. And uh, we'll be recording live Tuesday morning at 9.30, reflecting back on the Middlesbrough game. And, um, yeah, have a great Easter weekend, what's left of it, which is most of it, really, because it seems like a Saturday today, but it's actually Good Friday. Thanks a lot for listening, everybody. Thanks, Mark. Everybody. Thanks, Ian. All the best. Yeah, well thanks. Well have a lovely Easter, everybody. Do take Bye. care. Bye. 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 There's a time I always feel happy, as happy as a king. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Red Red Robin's out, ba 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 along.
red, red robin come ba ba bobbing along, along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up, wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up, get up, get out of bed. Cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red robin starts bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping, and you still the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.